It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 17 of the Redirect Podcast. It is Friday, September 29th, 2017. As of this recording, I'm Jason Dodge, founder of Black Truck Media and Marketing, and I'm joined once again by Patrick and Ashley from the Black Truck team. We made it through almost another month Crazy. of search engine optimization and search engine marketing trends. Yeah, October's next week. And uh, one big thing to point out is that Google turned 19 this week. Uh, yeah. 19 years old, mm-hmm. which in the tech industry is like, I mean, it might, might as well be ancient. Um, so whether you like it or not, many in the SEO field have to thank Google for their career. Mm -hmm. I, for one, would have to thank Google for my career and the the growth and development there. But, you know, really since 1998, Google has been making advances in search and ad distribution and, you know, ad revenue alone, Google now leads digital and mobile ad revenue. You know, there's predictions out there. I think it was uh, Recode had had done a really great blog post uh, this week on something like nearly 50 billion in ad revenue will be mm-hmm. generated from from mobile devices alone, and that's just on Google's platform. Yikes! Let alone any like native ads or anything like that. So, yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. But, anyways, uh, in this episode, I think we've got a lot of really great things to share. As usual, round robin style. Well, normally none of us know what the other is going to talk on. I think Patrick and I are already going to be competing on things. So let's uh, let's move forward and tag team the big the big thing. Um, I think we both stumbled on an article this week. Tom Demers from Search Engine Land wrote, "I'm uh, getting the eye roll and head nod from Patrick that <laughs> reducing page speed, specifically with WordPress sites. I think Tom's piece was very much on uh, how to." Uh, in a non-developer yeah. language, how to take yeah. basically two seconds off of a WordPress site, mm-hmm. which if a human being has the attention span of three seconds, two seconds is <laughs> a lifetime, right? right? Yeah. Um, but I think really, you know, the ever popular CMS that is WordPress right. powers a lot of websites. There's a lot of websites that we deal with, um, even maybe some of our own personal sites, the Black Truck site's a WordPress site too. Um, depending on the site and the way it's built, uh, it's kind of a, I pitch it as a buyer, it's a buyer beware type of a platform. If you have a theme, a commercially available theme that's getting choked down with a lot of code and a lot of plugins and add-ons, it's inherently going to be slower. Uh, and then if you're working with a poor developer, even for a scratch one-off WordPress site, it can be slowed down. So, um... Tom makes some really great points focusing on kind of three key areas for um, making a WordPress site as quick as possible. And I think that's that's the main yeah. the main lead in here is how do you make your site as quick as possible? For the, for the average person. That was that, That's what caught my attention. Earlier in the week, you and I exchanged some emails back and forth how I um, talked about the hangups at development sometimes when it comes to optimizing a site. And... <clears throat> Us as SEOs, we know enough to be dangerous on the development side, but maybe not enough to actually be um, effective on the development side. And so this one being the, the non-developer's guide to reducing load time 
really caught me, and I yeah. thought that was the integral part about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's big, and and um, we get asked a lot. Well, how how do we how do we optimize for that? We're working on a project right now, not in WordPress, but it's a very large site and another CMS that we won't we won't mention at this time, not to muddy the waters, but. Um, you know, grading of a site in general from a performance standpoint, even to Tom's point in this article, can be a bit wonky. One of my favorite words <laughs> is that depending on the tool that you're using, you're going to get different results back. You know, right. if we use Google's PageSpeed Insights tool, which is always a fallback for us, we might get different results from that as, say, um, some of the other tools that, that Tom mentions in his mm-hmm. post, like Pingdom or uh, uh, CDN's free tool. Um, stuff like that. So, but the key areas that that Tom picks on, let's let's kind of look at those. Pat is right. uh, time to first byte. So TTFB, um, that's defined as how quickly after a request is made that your server or CDN uh, sends the first byte of data. So the request is made. How quickly does the first uh, byte come back? And then the critical render path or when the site starts to render. So when your, uh, quote unquote, above the fold content mm-hmm. actually renders on the page, mobile or desktop. And then full page render is obviously you stop getting the little mm-hmm. twirly ball and mm-hmm. everything is finally loaded. Um, yeah, yeah. I, the, the above the fold one is one I really like. The, the, the TTFB, the time to first byte, I'd never heard that phrase before. I knew what it was. I just never heard it formalized in that uh, phrase, but um, the time you basically click the link to the time data is sent it's back. something. Yeah, it's, mil- it's milliseconds we're talking here, and it's, it's basically undetectable to most users. Yeah, I don't know a human being that's detecting 200 milliseconds, which yeah. is kind of the <laughs> idealistic right. Right. goal to hit. That's the, uh, the computer side of it versus the the um, above the fold content mm. and the full page render is where users can get frustrated. And that's where you see yeah, your drop off. What was it? Um, 53% of visits are abandoned on mobile for a site like Star. It takes longer than three seconds to load. 53%. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. Lo- 53%, 53% of people are leaving if it takes longer than three seconds to load the page. Which is, which is certainly why we see the advancements with AMP, uh, with right. AMP, uh, on, on certain sites, especially news pages and things like that. Um, but I think the start the start render, so that's, again, a reminder, that's like the above-the-fold content is ideally under one second, or at least kept under two seconds. That's the, that's the goal here that Tom has outlined. And, and if he's talking about, hey, these are ways in a WordPress site you can shave off two seconds, then easily you should be able right. to cut things down. So. Right. Um, and I thought I thought you did a good job to pulling in, uh, you know, how do you get the full page to render in under three seconds? I mean, that would be, uh, you know, ideal, perfect world, right? right? Um, so, anyways, common elements, and these are common elements we see. You know, as I look through like our our own technical analysis and um, on page performance of looking at a home page and then going deeper into like a, a, a secondary internal page to see how mm-hmm. they're performing. Right. So the biggies are. Um, images are always a big thing. And I know we've talked about it a number of times already on the Reader podcast as well as as with clients. So compressing and resizing images, uh, reduction in just general server response times, enabling compression, leverage browser caching, 
eliminate render blocking code above the fold, so your CSS and, and JavaScript, and then minifying code where possible. Right. So, do you want to talk about the the images, Patrick? Um, the, the images, we've touched on it so many times here. Making the image. Um, the right size for the requirements of the template of the website. Yep. Uh, if, if it's something that says I need this to be uh, 200 kilobytes by, um, sorry, 200 pixels by, <laughs> by 300 pixels at 72 DPI, there's no reason to upload a 40 megabyte image. You can render that image exactly that size and it won't take anything away from the way it's viewed on the screen. Mm -hmm. And if you do that across the site, um, it's going to dramatically increase. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest one they, that this article talked about was um, the, the whole article tested four images, did, or sorry, four sites, did, did the same test across four sites. And one um, site particularly, it had one homepage image that was gigantic that was really screwing everything up. And they yeah. changed that one and it had a dramatic increase in, in load time just on that one alone. Reduction in load time? Yeah, reduction I, in load I, time. I think, that's a, I think that's a huge thing. Uh, we even experienced it this week where we we ran, just on the homepage alone, we were able to reduce the called the file sites of the load by, by one megabyte. That's that's yeah. huge. So, uh, like they had a massive homepage slider uh, image that was f call it 500 kilobytes alone, and we were able to cut that down using just using uh, free free applications yeah. like Tiny PNG, um, reduced it to 210 kilobytes. We took the biggest decrease was there was another one that was 370. I'm looking at live data right now. And reduce it down to seventy nine kilobytes, mm -hmm. so a seventy eight percent reduction without um, affecting the way the image is displayed on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that homepage image file size alone reduced by sixty eight percent, which is, you know, That's desktop's nice. incredible. Yeah. Mobile yeah. alone is, right. is a great. And those changes aren't detectable to the naked eye. No, to someone no, no, no. Yeah, so so to maybe a designer, um, photographer, anybody that's actually supplying you with the assets, again, it always goes back to, well, yeah, here they are in the size you required. They're 72 DPI. Well, they're still large, right? Because of maybe file type or mm -hmm. just just how they were developed. So I think it's really good. Um, I think the the big thing too is Tom suggested a plugin. It's Optimus. For WordPress, so a lot of the plugins that are mentioned in here are free, and we'll talk about those. Right. But I, I think maybe a word of caution with plugins in general is you need to watch how they're going to interact and work in your site and, yep. and theme. He actually even stated that inside here. It's um, whatever the this the um, hosting source they were using. He said plugins you got to be careful because they might not be compatible with all your hosting sources, and get one that works well with with where you're running. Yeah, yourself. WP Engine yeah. will kick it out. DreamHost yeah. will kick it out. So two yeah. very popular. Uh, right. I think even I think even uh, GoDaddy will will kick out certain. Mm -hmm. There's certain plugins mm -hmm. that, that won't work there in the hosting environment. So um, I'm a fan of going through them by hand. I mean, I, I really don't think, especially yeah. on the on the, your major core pages, depending on how massive the site is. Right. Don't muddy it up with another plugin that could then slow it down. Right. Um, Go through them by hand, resize, update. Yep. Um, the browser caching, uh, I noticed Tom did mention there is one that we use commonly, and that's WP Supercache. That, that works really well. 
uh, or he mentions WP Rocket. Um, we'll make sure we link to those. Those are really great plugins. Um, <clears throat> and then the one that we fall into a lot of times, since we aren't developers at core, um, even though we understand the, the basics, but um, the CSS and JavaScript, uh, how, how do you eliminate render blocking code and then minifying code where, where possible? And he talked about, uh, it's called auto, auto, I want to say it right, optimize, if you will. Is that how you would pronounce that? I know, I'm just throwing it out there at random. Octoptimize. Oh, there you go. Octoptimize? Yeah. I like that. That sounds much better. I'll just fumble through it. But what it is is it, it looks for ways, and, and I kind of verified this with uh, a development partner we work with. You're, you're looking for ways to kind of combine CSS and JavaScript-type calls into one. Like mm -hmm. if it's being used one place, can it be used in another place? It's basically, you don't want to make multiple calls to get the same action. I'll right. just, I'll just kind of end it there. Okay. Is there a way to combine things? Basically me be efficient. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were to go through an assembly line process and say, well, Patrick, you're putting on part A, Ashley's putting on part B and I'm putting on part C. Well, is there a way just to have Patrick put A, B and C on in one unit and just keep moving along? Probably. We could do the same thing for a website. Hmm. You know, a good, make it it's a good analogy. Move, move along faster. Yeah. So, um, so I thought it was, I thought it was a really good, uh, really good article and something very timely. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another takeaway I had in here that we haven't really talked on it yet is um, don't compare yourself to oranges. You got to make sure if you're, well, if you're curious how your site is performing, um, don't optimize for the sake of optimizing. Optimize to be better than your competitors and, and for the people who are coming to your site. Mm -hmm. So if you look at a, a big, huge site that's maybe a commerce site or um, multiple publications, a, a day kind of site, don't compare yourself to that if you're not that. Take a, a look at a SERP that is that contains your site and then look at the other sites that show up in that same SERP mm. and see how they're loading. Run some tests on your competitors and start with the goal of just getting better. Yeah. Not being perfect. Don't be don't let being perfect be the enemy of advancing mm -hmm. is what I took out of that. Um, that's really great. I think yeah. that's super advice. Right. I mean, you know, again, you can run through and have your your action steps in place, but then if you're always if you're constantly like, oh, why can't I get better? And, and but you're comparing it to a giant mm -hmm. or, or someone that maybe their site has a, is a lot lighter. Right. Um, then, then you're going down the wrong path. Right. Hmm. That's really good. Really good advice. I, I think in, in closing on that too, um, you know, it is it is good to point out these are very much like DIYs. If you if you are a digital marketer uh, or even the admin on a site, I mean, you should be able to do these things. And I think he's talking. Tom even outlined some of them. Like the longest process was maybe like twenty minutes. Right. To implement. Yeah. These aren't huge things that you should you know. Um, have to fret too much about, but you might have to do a little bit of, of, of digging. Um, but I, I do think in closing, you know, removing and replacing plugins that are not needed, that should be agnostic to any CMS, not just WordPress. Um, if you're doing Joomla and Drupal and you have add-ons, I think they call them add-ons. Uh, one, of, one of those calls it an add-on. If it's not being used and it's not needed, get it, get it out of there. You're just, there's definitely security issues that can come mm -hmm. up. And, and if for some reason 
you know, within the CMS, it's still making some sort of a call or it has to be gone through. It's not, that's just eating up time. It's right. not worth it. So get rid of those. Um, and, and really consult a professional on that too. You know, there's, right. there's ways to speed these things up. I find the article really good. Yeah, I think it's really great. So check that out in the show notes. It'll be, uh, hopefully, uh, others will find it very, very helpful. So we'll be sure to link to that. Cool. Ashley. All right. Um, this week I want to share about an article I read called the collision between PR content and SEO. Woo. Yeah. Um, so this was on search engine watch and, um, it was written by Jim Yu and, um, it called out to me as, you know, with my background in PR and being the content strategist here. So, um, he begins by laying out, um, kind of how those three areas, um, PR, content, and SEO kind of all work together. Um, and then this isn't, um, like groundbreaking in any way, shape or form, but I just really liked that he, um, kind of threw this little snippet in the, in the beginning of the article, um, talked about how the value of appearing at the top of a search engine results page is arguably equitable with yesteryear's goal of a front page headline. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at it from the PR perspective too, that like, you know, if you are showing up on page one of Google, that's going to boost your brand. And, and we talk, and we do talk about that yeah. here with what we do for our clients. But, um, I just really appreciated how this article tied together those concepts. And let's see. That's um, a great way to frame it yeah by the way, not, to, not to interrupt but I, no. I do think that that's a great way to frame it especially if if trying to one of the hardest things to do is explain to people what you're trying to achieve and what or maybe more so why you're trying to do it and that's a really great way mm-hmm. to explain it so if you have to explain the efforts of seo and content marketing to your boss or whoever's uh making those decisions i think that's a big one is is to be able to say well it's like you know Working to get on the first page is, yeah. is like being on the front page of uh, the newspaper or a magazine or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so that concept of awareness, we talk about brand <clears throat> awareness and, and how, you know, the efforts that we make to, to um, help boost our clients um, into that page one. Um, you know, so that has to do with awareness and then, um, you know, hopefully persuading the searchers to take action by clicking through to the site. Um and this wasn't like explicitly said in the article, but it just made me think about like the three things that you're trying to do in any PR campaign is, you know, you're either going after awareness or attitude or action. And so it just made me think about how that ties into, you know, it's not necessarily what we think about in our work as SEOs, but we do have impact on those things. And he goes on in the article to talk about um, you know, breaking down silos between departments, how SEOs and, and people in PR should be working together so that, you know, any PR materials that are distributed are optimized, any, um, you know, outreach um, that's done as far as, you know, sharing content on publications, mm-hmm. you know, that they're, everybody's working together, all these different areas are working together to make sure that you get the best results. So, there's a lot of great info in this article, um, and I, I did take a lot of notes, but I'm not, I'm not going to read them out loud <laughs> to you guys, but um, he kind of wraps it up with a few takeaways or steps um, for aligning SEO, content development, and public relations. 
Um, the first point was um, develop common target personas. And we, we've kind of had some internal um, conversation about <laughs> personas, you know. Um, the, Sample Sally. Yeah, the problem with personas is that they aren't people. So, right. you know, we always value, um, you know, actually getting information that it's real, you know, about real people, not creating personas, what we think people would want or, yeah. So, um, I feel like we've heard a lot of people in the industry say the same thing too. For sure. Um, and then just to tie in the public relations again, PR is about identifying key publics, which are real people, um, to establish, uh, you know, two-way communications with for a mutually beneficial relationship. And so um, to tie that into our human-centered strategies that we we like to go after, um, we want to gather information that will help us serve real people. And um, it's not, not just for our sake as marketers, but for the sake of the customers too. It's that mutually beneficial relationship. I'm just tying together concepts. That, well, in those, in those relationships though too, even go back to what we talked about last week right. in the Redirect Podcast yep, about, about growing your local footprint. So local SEO, uh, tie it now in with PR, is that those relationships you have in the community, whether you... Um, are speaking, whether you have some, whatever your community involvement is, as, as that notoriety at the local level grows, as will your brand online voice grows, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that I think was more a topic of link, link building, um, what we were talking about, Pat, I can't remember if you were actually brought it up, but, um, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's really good. What about, so what was the, the PR cover the three? Portions of PR again? Um, so through a public relations campaign, you want to, you can do one or two or all three of these, but you want to, you know, raise awareness of your issue or organization. Mm-hmm. You want to um, change people's attitudes toward your um, issue or organization. And then you want to um, inspire action um, in some way, shape, or form. So if we were to tie that back to SEO mm-hmm. or or just general search marketing, awareness would be someone who doesn't know of your brand or if they know of your brand, they don't know of the product or service we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So methods to get in front of them and make them, you know, uh, make it known. Uh, changing attitude is probably more in what I just mentioned was they know of your brand maybe they didn't have a great experience with it so how do we change that around maybe that's through reputation marketing um local seo reviews Mm -hmm. social media and then inspiring action is that next step right they reach out and get in touch or they click Mm -hmm. so they click on an ad it's a ppc ad maybe they click on um the organic um serp result because you know it's got a really well-written meta description that prompts that. So um, I think it's really important that we do showcase how PR can then intertwine with mm-hmm. uh, with what we're doing in the SEO world. So that's really good. Yeah, I feel like I I said I said inspire, but the real wor- word that any PR person's gonna want to hear is persuade. PR persuade. is about persuasion, Persuade <laughs> persuading people to take action. Yeah. You you mean PR people? You don't you guys don't like uh, you don't like spin twist yeah let's not get started on that ah, come on. 
All right. Well, back to writing press releases for link building here. So, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, all right. So, uh, looking forward to our next episode here next week. We'll have some new content coming. We'll be in a new month. Uh, exciting things coming. We have a new website that's going to launch soon. Ooh. And uh, getting excited about all of those things. So, until next time, good luck. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.